0: MacDonald follows a clue. Chapter 24 of The Yukon Trail by William MacLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. MacDonald was no sluggard. It was his habit not to let the pleasure of the night before interfere with the business of the morning after. But in the darkness he overslept and let the town waken before him. He was roused by the sound of knocking on his door. Who is it? he asked it's me jones go for jones say Mac, the, the bank ain't open and we can't rouse milton thought i'd come to you seeing as you're president of the shebang the mine owner got up and began to dress probably overslept same as i did that's the point we looked through the window of his bedroom and his bed ain't been slept in in three minutes MacDonald joined the marshal and walked down with him to the bank he unlocked the front door and turned to the little crowd that had gathered. "'Better wait here, boys. Gopher and I will go in. I expect everything is all right, but we'll let you know about that as soon as we find out.' The bank president opened the door, let the officer enter, and followed himself. The sun had not yet risen, and the blinds were down. MacDonald struck a match and held it up. The wood burned, and the flame flickered out. "'Bank's been robbed,' he announced quietly. "'Looks like,' agreed Jones. His voice was uneven with excitement. The Scotch-Canadian lit another match. In the flare of it they saw that the steel grill cutting off the alcove was open and that the door had been blown from the safe. It lay on the floor among a litter of papers, silver, fragments of steel, and bits of candle. The marshal clutched at the arm of the banker. "Did, "'Did you see that?' he whispered his finger pointed through the darkness to the other end of the room in the faint gray light of coming day macdonald could see a huddled mass on the floor there has been murder done i'll get a light don't move from here jones i want to look at things before we disturb them there's no danger the robbers have been gone for hours gopher had as much nerve as the next man when the sun was shining and he could see what danger he was facing but there was something sinister and nerve-racking here he wanted to throw open the door and shout the news to those outside by the light of another match the mine owner crossed the room into the sitting-room of the cashier presently he returned with a lamp and let its light fall upon the figure lying slumped against the wall a revolver lay close to the inert fingers the head hung forward grotesquely upon the breast the dead man was milton his employer saw nothing ridiculous in the twisted neck and sprawling limbs the cashier had died to save the money entrusted to his care macdonald handed the lamp to the marshal and picked up the revolver every chamber was loaded they beat him through it they were probably here when he reached home my guess is he heard them right away got his gun and came in he's still wearing his dress suit that gives us the time for he left the club about midnight soon as they saw him they dropped him likely they heard him and were ready i wouldn't have had this happen for all the money in the safe how much uh, was there in it i don't know exactly the books will show i'll send wally down to look them over shot right sprang through the heart looks like commented jones following with his eye the course of the wound wish i'd been here instead of him macdonald said grimly his eyes softened as he continued to look down at the employee who had paid with his life for his faithfulness it wasn't an even break poor old fellow you weren't built for a job like this robert milton but you played your hand out to a finish that's all any man can do he turned abruptly away and began examining the safe the silver still stood stacked in one large compartment the banknotes had escaped the hurried search of the robbers but the gold was practically all gone one sack had been torn by the explosion and single pieces of gold could be found all over the safe macdonald glanced over the papers rapidly the officer picked up one of dozens scattered over the floor it was a mortgage note made out to the bank by a miner he collected the others evidently the bandits had torn off the rubber glanced over one or two to see if they had any cash value and tossed the package into the air as a disgusted gambler does a pack of cards The bank president stepped to the door and threw it open. He explained the situation in three sentences. "'I can't let you in now, boys, until the coroner has been here.' He went on to tell the crowd. "'But there is one way you can all help. Keep your eyes open. If you have seen any suspicious characters around, let me know, or if anyone has left town in a hurry, or been seen doing anything during the night that you did not understand at the time.' Men can't do a thing like this without leaving some clue behind them, even though the snow has wiped away their trail. A man named Fred Tegg pushed to the front. He kept the feed corral near the edge of town. I can tell you one man who must out before five o'clock this morning, and that's Gid Holt. The eyes of MacDonald, cold and hard as jade, fastened to the man. How do you know? That dog, Jamie, bought from Tim Ryan. Well, he's been keeping it in my corral. When I got there this morning, it was gone. The snow hadn't wiped out the track to the runners yet, so he couldn't have left more than 15 minutes before. What time was it when you reached the corral? Might have been six, maybe a little later. You don't know that Holt took the team himself. Well, come to that, I don't. But he had a key to the barn where the sled was. "'Holt has been putting up at the hotel, I reckon, "'and it it's easy to find out if it's still there.' "'MacDonald's keen brain followed the fact "'as the nose of a bloodhound does a trail. "'Holt, an open enemy of his, "'had reached town only two days before. "'He had bought one of the best and swiftest dog teams in the north "'and had let slip before witnesses the remark "'that MacDonald would soon find out what he wanted with the outfit. "'The bank had been robbed after midnight.' to file open the grill and to blow up the safe must have taken several hours before morning the dogs of holt had taken the trail if their owner were with them it was a safe bet that the sled carried forty thousand dollars in alaska gold dust so far the mind of the scotchman followed the probabilities logically but at this point it made a jump there were at least two robbers he was morally sure of that for this was not a one-man job Now if Holt had with him a companion. Who of all those in Kusiak was the most likely man? He was a friendless, crabbed old fellow. Since coming to Kusiak, old Gideon had been seen constantly with one man. Together they had driven out the day before and tried his new team. They had been with each other at dinner, and had later left the hotel together. The name of the man who had been so friendly with old Holt was Gordon Elliot. And Elliot not only was another enemy of MacDonald, but had very good reasons for getting out of the country just now. The strong jaw of the mine owner stood out saliently as he gave short, sharp orders to men in the crowd. One was to get the coroner, a second Wally Selfridge, another the United States District Attorney. He divided the rest into squads to guard the roads leading out of town and to see that nobody passed for the present as soon as the men he had sent for arrived macdonald went over the scene of the crime with them it was plain that the dynamiting had been done by an old-time miner who knew his business but there had been brains in the planning of the robbery there is no ivory above the ears of the man who bossed this job macdonald told the others he picks a night when we're all at the club more than half a mile from here a stormy night when folks are not wandering the streets he knows that the wind will deaden the sound of the dynamite and that the snow will wipe out any tracks that might help to identify him and his pal or show which way they had gone the coroner took charge of the body and wally of the bank the mine owner and the district attorney walked up to the hotel together as soon as they had explained what they wanted the landlord got a pass key and took them to the room holt had used apparently the bed had been slept in in the waste-paper basket the district attorney found something which he held up in a significant silence "'MacDonald stepped forward and took from him a small cloth sack. "'One of those we keep our gold in at the bank,' said the Scotchman after a close examination. "'This definitely ties up Holt with the robbery. Now, for Elliot.' "'He left the hotel with Holt about five this morning,' the porter says. "'This was the contribution of the landlord. The room of Gordon Elliot was in great disorder.' garments had been tossed on the bed and on every chair and had been left to lie wherever they had chanced to fall plainly their owner had been in great haste macdonald looked through the closet where clothes hung his new fur coat is not here nor his trail boots looks to me as though mr gordon had hit the trail with his friend holt "'This opinion was strengthened when it was learned from a store owner in town "'that Holt and Elliot had routed him out of bed in the early morning "'to sell them two weeks' supplies. "'These they had packed upon the sled outside the store. "'It's a cinch bet that Elliot took the trail with him,' the lawyer conceded. "'All doubt of this was removed when a prospector reached town "'with the news that he had met Holt and Elliot "'traveling toward the divide as fast as they could drive their dogs.' The big Scotchman ordered his team of Siberian wolfhounds made ready for the trail. As he donned his heavy furs, Colby MacDonald smiled with deep satisfaction. He had Elliot on the run at last. Just as he closed the door of his room, MacDonald heard the telephone bell ring. He hesitated, then shrugged his shoulders and strode out into the storm. If he had answered the call, he would have learned from Diane, who was at the other end of the line, that the stage upon which Sheba had started for Katma had not reached the roadhouse at Smith's Crossing. Five minutes later, the winners of the Great Alaska Sweepstakes were flying down the street in the teeth of the storm. Armed with a rifle and a revolver, their owner was mushing into the hills to bring back the men who had robbed his bank and killed the cashier. He traveled alone. Because he could go faster without a companion. It never occurred to him that he was not a match for any two men he might face. End of chapter twenty four.